0: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. I have breaking news. I, Andy Herman, am the new general manager, front office, CEO, president, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. You are doomed. We are screwed. There's no two ways around it. But today, what I am going to look at is what I would do personally, as much as I could, uh, to sort of change this Green Bay team, to alter the course uh, that this Green Bay team is currently on, where They've really only won one playoff game in the last couple seasons, and or the last three seasons really, and are not on the greatest trajectory. You had two back-to-back NFC Championship games that they lost, a divisional round game that they lost, then out of the playoffs, and you're sort of in this bizarro Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, what are they going to do? No man's land at the moment, so... What I'm here to do today is to fix everything, to solve all of the problems for the Green Bay Packers and get Green Bay back on the right track to winning and winning at an extremely high level. Obviously, I'm being somewhat facetious here. I can't fix anything, but I'm going to do my best today to put together what I think would be the appropriate plan for Green Bay to get right on track. Now, the first thing I will say here today, and something that I am not doing, is going over the quarterback position for a variety of reasons. A, that's going to resolve itself in a couple of days or a couple of weeks, whatever the case may be. It's going to be soon, right? In some capacity, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback of this team, and we are going to know in the very near future. So we're at the point where we don't really need to have much conjecture on it anymore. It's just going to happen very soon. The second thing is that I have told you, you know, multiple times already where I lie on the topic and what I would do in that situation. So we don't need to run that whole thing back. And number three is that no matter what at this point, based on what Green Bay's done this offseason, they are going to try to win with whatever quarterback is there. So there is no rip the band-aid anymore. There's no rebuild. There's probably not, I don't know, maybe there's still an extreme all-in situation, but this is probably some form of reboot where there's going to be some changes. They're going to rely heavily on the draft. They might get one, maybe two-ish free agents and, but most of this is probably going to be value guys, bringing some guys back and building through the draft, whether it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers. We're probably looking at more of a reboot in some capacity, regardless of who's that quarterback. And the other thing here is if we do get into today of like, all right, they're going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Then we end up in this weird, do they trade Jordan Love scenario? And if they go with, you know, Jordan Love, all right, what do they get in return for Aaron Rodgers, which changes the topic today. So Long story short, we are not touching the quarterback topic today. We are going over literally everything else, what Green Bay can do, regardless of who's that quarterback, whether it's Jordan Love, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, to again, right the ship and get this team back on track. So the number one thing I am doing as the new owner, operator, CEO, general manager, chef, etc. of the Green Bay Packers, hopefully not chef, nobody needs my food takes or menu to ruin Green Bay, but uh, number one on my list is load up on offense in the draft, in the early portion of this draft, the top 100 picks. And clearly don't actually use a third round pick because we know how that's going to end, but I digress. So I do think this is more trending towards a league where you need special players, special talent, and a plethora of weapons on offense in order to be successful. I think we saw last year or even if Brock Purdy is at quarterback, you have the opportunity to succeed if you have the right weapons: a Debo Samuel, a Christian McCaffrey, a George Kittle, a Brandon Ayuk, et cetera, Right? They could have easily been the team had Brock Purdy not got hurt. They maybe could have even won a Super Bowl, right? And if they just stayed healthy at quarterback at all, they may have been able to win a Super Bowl. We saw how important Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and that entire you know group of weapons was for the Cincinnati Bengals. Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith Schuster, MVS, Isaiah Pacheco, et cetera, et cetera, in Kansas City. Now, clearly, Patrick Mahomes, the key player there, but they had weapons around him as well. And in the past, in previous Super Bowls, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey together on the same team. So, you know, and, you know, we can look at the Philadelphia Eagles who go and get A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and an insane offensive line and Jalen Hurts, is a weapon himself at quarterback, right? Their running back group. We can go on and on. We know that it takes a high level of talent on offense in order to be a successful team and a team that can move the ball in today's modern NFL and still make explosive plays as well. I believe that Green Bay is getting closer. They're bringing back Aaron Jones. They still have an A.J. Dillon. You've now got a Christian Watson, who's going to be an incredible playmaker on your team. Romeo Dobbs has a great base under him now to hopefully continue to improve. Samore Toure is an interesting player. You've got David Bakhtiari back, Elton Jenkins along the offensive line, John Runyon Jr., still a real solid player. Zach Tom's interesting. Like you do have some really interesting pieces here. The thing is, is if you can add a couple more pieces to that offense, a couple more playmakers, now you could really be cooking. You could really make this offense something special. And I think continuing to go young and continue to go talented and continue to go run after the catch and playmaking is the right way to go. Now, with your first pick overall, I think anytime you're, you're, you're picking 15 overall, you do have to really take your best player available on your board. So if that ends up being a Nolan Smith or a, a top-tier defender, one of the cornerbacks, a Christian Gonzalez, whoever it may be, a Devon Witherspoon, Brian Branch, whomever, whomever it is on that spot that is best on your board, you probably need to stay true to your board in some capacity. That being said, based on the current state of the NFL, I would start to prioritize those weapons a little bit higher as I'm putting my board together. And if any of those top tier offensive linemen are available, I'm extremely interested, whether it be Paris Johnson or Peter Skransky or any of those guys, Roger Jones, like I'm very, very intrigued at the top of the draft of the offensive line. If any of those guys are there, I can't bring myself to still, even though I love Jamar Gibbs isn't even somebody I love in this draft. Obviously, Bajan Robinson, those are two incredible running backs. I still can't bring myself to, to take a running back at pick 15. The tight ends, that's probably a little bit rich at tight end. I know this isn't a receiver draft that maybe even somebody goes in the top 15, but it's possible, it's possible that you could be the team that gets the top wide receiver at pick 15. Whether that is Jordan Addison, who had a rough weekend at the combine, whether that's a Jackson Smith and Jigba, that would be a very interesting choice at that at that particular pick, whether that's a Jalen Hyatt. I mean, there is a really fun world in which Christian Watson and Jalen Hyatt are just taking the top off of defenses on the outside. There's an intrigue there. Does Hyatt really match what Green Bay necessarily looks for? Not usually. Quentin Johnson would be another interesting one on the outside, but either way. Whether that's adding another offensive lineman, maybe moving back a little bit and getting a tight end, maybe moving back a little bit and getting a wide receiver, just picking the top wide receiver on your board. I tend more to be looking at one of the top overall weapons or offensive players in this draft at pick 15. In round two, I think you're in prime spot and maybe even moving up a little bit in round two, but to get a really good tight end, I love Sam Laporta, love Sam Laporta. I think if you can either stay where you're at or move up in round two and get Sam Laporta in the second round, I think you've done a tremendous job in adding a potential playmaker to your tight end position. I think that would be a phenomenal pick. Even if you used your second and third round picks to move up towards the back of round one, and whether you go after a Musgrave or whether you go after a Mayer or whomever you want to go over, like go towards, even if it's moving up in the beginning of round two, just to get Laporta. I do think you have an opportunity with the tight ends in this draft at the beginning of round two. And maybe you just wait around and see like, Hey, once there's, you know, two of these guys left, maybe I start looking towards moving up, but there's a lot of really good tight ends that could go late round one, early round two, or maybe even more green Bay selecting around two. I think tight ending round two makes a ton of sense. And then in round three, I wouldn't, I would go back to wide receiver and there's going to be talented wide receivers available still in round three in this draft. I'm not even going to name names here. There's just going to be a, a variety of, of playmaker. Maybe you even go another tight end, good tight ends. Maybe that's where you start looking at a running back. Aaron Jones getting later in his career. AJ Dillon is going to be a free agent soon. Like you, maybe you start looking at this, a very, very talented running back draft. Just getting more playmakers on your offense at this point, I think, is going to be extremely important. And whether it's Jordan Love, who is going to need playmakers around him, or Aaron Rodgers, who if you are trying to win again this year, you just need a little bit more juice. You need a little bit more playmaking. We saw it a season ago. I think continuing to go young at those positions, fast, explosive. Again, guys who can take it from the, your own 20 to the opposing team's end zone, You know, go zero to 60 in you know, the blink of an eye and all the superlatives, right? that's what I'm looking for. And you might be thinking, Andy, that that sounds good, right? But this is still a defense wins championship. You still need a top 10 defense. And I do agree with that. I do agree that you still need to address the defense, which we'll get to more in just a moment. But I think we all know that there is talent on this defense. Now it is up to the coaches and this defensive, you know, the, the, your, your philosophy on defense and the, it, all of it, to get the most out of those players. We know that there is a butt ton of talent on this defense. It is up to this staff as a whole, including Matt LaFleur, including including Joe Barry, and just everyone to get the most out of those players. The talent is there. And the other thing I would argue, if you are playing from ahead, if your offense is explosive, if you are putting up points, if you are a team that can go and get 28, 29, 30 points a game, You are going to make things a ton, and I mean a ton easier on your defense, especially if the special teams can continue to improve like we saw them start to improve a season ago. If your special teams is solid, I'm talking like maybe the 15th best special teams, making another step up. I'm not talking about the best special teams, but maybe like the 15th best special teams. Now all of a sudden your offense is putting up points. Now your defense's job is much easier. And we know that I don't like, let's just say they don't add anyone, like maybe they like add a, a safety, right? But if you just go out this year with Devonte Wyatt, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kingsley, and Ibarre, you know, uh Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie, Razul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and some safety that they pick up. That's, that should be good enough. That literally should be good enough to be a good defense in this league. And if your offense is putting up points, it's going to be easier for that defense to be a good defense. So number one, I know I took long on my number one, but I am loading up on offense in this draft and going and getting as many young, talented playmakers as I can possibly find. Number two, and I know this name's been brought up enough, and I know you're probably sick of this name by now, and I know they didn't make a change at defensive coordinator, and I know this person just declined a defensive coordinator position opportunity with the Philadelphia Eagles but I am doing everything in my power to get Jim Leonard as a consultant on this defense. It's not going to be a crazy position. It's not going to be something that he has to even be in the building because I know it sounds like he kind of wants to take a year off a little bit and not do quite as much and maybe not be in the building. I think he might have some sort of surgery he might be having. Don't quote me on that, but I think that was part of the reason that played into him not going for the defensive coordinator position in Philly. I believe he's probably still located in Wisconsin in some capacity. I don't even need him in the building, all right? I don't need him to have this major job. I just want him to bring some new ideas to the table to kind of game plan a week in advance. All right, we've got Detroit in week two. So Jim Leonard is working on the Lions, you know, a week in advance. So all of week one, he's working on week two. All of week two, he's working on week three. He's always working a week in advance. And I know you're advanced scouts and some of your coaching staff is already doing that stuff. I am making sure that Jim Leonard is, keeping a key eye on what is going on with the defense and making suggestions overall and is scouting a week in advance to put together game plans for the upcoming defense, you know upcoming team that you're going to face for what defense you want to put together. I do think that there's probably a price point and a possibility where if Leonard doesn't have to go into Green Bay and can work via Zoom and work remotely and consult with Green Bay, I think there's an opportunity to make something like that work. And if it's not Jim Leonard, find another really qualified defensive coach. There, I guarantee are going to be some former defensive coordinators, some former coaches out there that could be very good at this. Jim Leonard makes a ton of sense to me. He's had a connection with, you know, Green Bay and them interviewing from a defensive coordinator position in the past. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be in person. Maybe he comes, you know, once a month and, you know, just shares some ideas or something like that. But That's the next thing I'm doing is I'm finding a way to make him a major consultant on my team and just give ideas on how to make this defense extremely successful. I know you brought in a new defensive backs coach. I know that you kept Joe Barry and have faith in Joe Barry. That's fine. If you wanna go, if that's the direction you wanna go in, fine but see if you can't add some new, interesting, intriguing ideas. And I think Jim Leonard is just the person to do that, even in a far off remote capacity. I think it just makes a lot of sense for both sides. And it keeps Jim Leonard, like let's say Jim Leonard wants a NFL job next year, right, instead of a college job. I know he's still going to be very sought after. Again, the Eagles were just considering him as a defensive coordinator, but If he now has, instead of being a year away from football and not doing anything, if he even did some consulting for the the Packers on their defensive side of the ball, that keeps him closer to things on the NFL side. If I'm a a head coach and I'm considering a defensive coordinator, rather than a guy who has been out of football for over a year and hasn't done much and hasn't been in the NFL in years and has been primarily on the college side of things. That maybe doesn't look as good, but if he has now a year consulting with the Packers and their defense takes a step in the right direction, all right, now Jim Leonard looks even that much more valuable to me as I'm an NFL team looking for a defensive coordinator next year. So I think that makes sense for both sides. Number three, I'm bringing back Mercedes Lewis, or at least I'm going to do everything in my power to try to bring back Mercedes Lewis. Listen, there are a lot of different things that you need on this offense to make this offense work but one of them is a blocking tight end and they are so incredibly hard to find. And Mercedes Lewis doesn't do a lot of things, but the one thing he does, he does extremely well. And he's great for the locker room. I detailed all of this in just a recent episode I did on Mercedes Lewis. So I'm not gonna go over everything in insane detail here, but he still does his pass protection and his run blocking at an extremely high level. I think there's still value in that. And as you go out and get these younger tight ends, where maybe more your playmaking tight ends, more your receiving tight ends, You want somebody that can come in and just move the pile a little bit and show these younger tight ends, mentor these younger tight ends as they really need to develop as blockers. Take Sam Laporta, for instance, right? Comes from Iowa. So, you know, he knows how to block. He's not a bad blocker, but you put his receiving chops and you put him with a year behind Mercedes Lewis to really learn from him as a blocker you have the opportunity to make a extremely well-rounded tight end. So I'm bringing back Mercedes Lewis and let him do what he does best, which is be that number two blocking tight end in you know really um, as the complimentary player to whatever tight end you go out and get in the draft to be that weapon for you on offense. All right, number four is I'm bringing back Keyshawn Nixon too. I'm not letting him slip through my fingernail or fingertips, whatever. Uh, Fingernails would be tough, but you know what I mean. Overall, he is an explosive dynamic returner. And we've seen how long it has been for Green Bay to find an explosive dynamic returner. As I've been talking about all offseason, this is a playmaking league. You need playmakers. Keyshawn Nixon is a playmaker. And you can argue, especially from their winning streak on, especially from the time he took over as the primary returner of this team on, that he was in the conversation as MVP of this team. That's how good He was that is how good he was this past season. He changed the entire way that this team played based on his playmaking on special teams. And he was still basically like getting his feet wet at the position. He can be your punt returner. He can be your kick returner. As I've talked about, I still think there's a place for him on offense. He can be your slot corner when you really need one. He's at minimum your dime defensive back, and he can be a core special teams player for you as well. What more do you want? There is so much value. He is a playmaker. Even on defense, he forced a huge fumble last year. Like, get him in the game and he will make things happen. That is the type of player Keyshawn Nixon is. I am not letting him get away.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: All right, number five, I know they're going to have limited money to spend in free agency. And I know I've been talking about offensive playmakers, but I do feel like this defense needs somebody to change the mentality, to change the way they play and to just have a little bit more of a tackling presence, intensity, etc. And I am going and getting Jimmy Ward in free agency, bringing him over from San Francisco, a defense that played at the highest of levels a season ago. In large, not in large part, but in part because of how Jimmy Ward played. And I know, I just talked about Adrian Amos hitting that unfortunate age of 30, and Jimmy Ward is 32 years old, which doesn't sound great. The difference is, is Jimmy Ward actually played a ton in the slot as a corner last year and played at an extremely high level just this past season, whereas Adrian Amos played his familiar safety position and took a major, major step down. So this is a player in Jimmy Ward who is coming from an intense tackling defense. Jimmy Ward's an incredible tackler. He can play in the slot. He can play at safety. You're bringing him in to play at safety in your too high safety defense. He fits perfectly with this Joe Barry scheme, and I just need somebody who can be my consistent playmaking, tackling, run defending, everything safety. Per Spotrack, he's expected to get about two years, 15 million on the open market. Per PFF, he's expected to get about two years, 13.5 million on the open market. That is money that Green Bay can find. They can make that type of contract work. They can probably only make like one of those type of contracts work, but they can find one and Jimmy Ward's the guy that I want to bring in, be the back end of my defense and be the guy that I think can potentially bring this defense back together. And again. If I can have Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slate and Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kingsley, and Igbari, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Stokes, Jair, Razul, Jimmy Ward, Darnell Savage, I feel pretty good about my defense overall. And you're probably gonna get some guys in day two of the draft. You're probably gonna find some guys who have stepped up from a season ago. You're probably gonna find some guys who returned to form from maybe a couple seasons ago. And if that's the case, Like I said, all of a sudden, maybe you've got, again, Jim Leonard helping out. Maybe you're changing up the philosophy a little bit on defense. I think if you do those sort of things, especially if you've got an offense that's clicking a little bit more in 2023 than it was in 2022, this defense can take a pretty significant jump. I'm going after Jimmy Ward in free agency. Number six, I am making Josh Myers earn his job. And I've talked about this before. Josh Myers just was not good enough a season ago. And I'm literally considering anything at this point, meaning maybe that's Elton Jenkins at center. Maybe that's Zach Tom at center, which again, Brian Gudekins just recently said he, he thought coming out of college, Zach Tom's best position was going to be at center. Maybe that's actually even moving Josh Myers to guard because maybe he doesn't have to think as much. And maybe he panics a little bit with Rodgers barking things at him and changing everything. Maybe he's so focused on the mental side of things that he can't just go out and play football. And maybe Josh just needs to go out and play football. And maybe at guard, he can do that a little bit more. I don't know what it is, but I need something different out of Josh Myers. And I think he at minimum needs competition at center. And maybe even needs a position change to guard rather than center. Either way, I am making him earn his starting job in 2023, and that is something that I am definitely looking to upgrade. And my hope is that even with competition, that Josh Myers just gets better and plays at the level that he's capable of playing. That because I do think he's capable of playing at a much higher level than we've seen these past two seasons. We just haven't seen it, and that's why I want to see him earn it. And if he does awesome, I would love to see him be a really good starting center in this league. That would be amazing. But if not, then it's time to start looking in another direction. And again, whether that's Elton Jenkins, whether that's Zach Tom, whether that's somebody else, it's time to at least put some competition in Josh Meyer's way and see if he can actually overcome it. Number seven is I'm changing my defensive philosophy. And we saw this a little bit more towards the end of last year. But listen, I've talked all off season, and I've talked in the past about how I get the two high safety. I get the playing back, zone, off coverage, all of it, right? I understand it. I get it. It doesn't fit the current personnel that you have on your team. You have to marry personnel and scheme together. And Green Bay did an atrocious, atrocious job of that last year. Maybe if you do bring in a guy like Jimmy Ward, and maybe if you do get Rashawn Gary back at prime health and playing like he did, you know, prior to his ACL injury, maybe you can do a little bit more of the playing off and playing safe coverage. But the truth is you probably just don't have, even then you probably still have Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander and and some of these guys who haven't been at quite as intimidating and you know, tackle focused and the defensive backfield, right? Which makes it a little bit more tough. On the flip side, you've got Razul who wants to play press man. You've got Stokes who wants to play press man. You've got Jair who wants to play press man. You've got now maybe a Jimmy Ward or Darnell Savage who have good speed and coverage ability in the back end and can back those guys up and make plays in the secondary. You've got good coverage guys at linebacker and Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. You've got some guys that can get to the quarterback up front and Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Go get after the quarterback pressure those wide receivers, get your hands on them, be physical. How many times in the playoffs have we seen that like, you know, these corners are able to get their hands and and be physical with, with wide receivers and stuff isn't called like this needs to be a different brand in intensity uh, from this Packers defense. And they've got to play a different brand than what they played. And you have to marry personnel with scheme and concept. They didn't do that last year. That has to, has to change in 2023. Number eight, I've talked about this as well. This needs to be Matt LaFleur's offense. We need to see Matt LaFleur cook. We need to see a Matt LaFleur takeover on offense. Listen, Matt did a great job from the transition of him taking over to getting Aaron to play, especially in 2020, his offense. But things in 2021 took a step back. Things in 2022 took a major step back. In 2023, if it's Jordan, of course, we're going to see Matt LaFleur's offense. If it's Aaron, we still need to see Matt LaFleur's offense. And you might be saying, Andy, I don't trust Matt LaFleur. I don't think he's a good coach because I've seen those comments. I do. I do think Matt LaFleur's a good coach. I do think he has a good offense. I just don't think we've seen it because there's this, you know, pounding and mashing of philosophies between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and what this offense should be doing. And it is time to see Matt LaFleur's vision of this again, because we saw it, I believe, in 2020, and that was what was best. And that's what I want to see more of in 2023, regardless of who's that quarterback. And the reason you brought Matt in, remember, Mark Murphy was very clear, was to get the quarterback playing at an MVP level again. And Matt was brought in with his offense, with his philosophy to do that. And we saw two MVP seasons in 19 and 20, or excuse me, in 2021, where that happened. And... That is going to need to be something that we see come back in 2023 is Matt running his offense. And even if it doesn't work, right? I need to see that either way. I need if Matt's offense is what's wrong. If it is what's broken, then we know, then we know, all right, something is wrong with Matt's offense and this, we need to get this figured out, but I can't have this, you know, differing, of uh, you know, I, I, I want to say like, I, I don't want to use like any, like, mental health terms to describe this, but like, it feels just like there's two minds at work here, right? So that is what I don't want to see. I want to see one cohesive offense. And to me, that needs to be Matt LaFleur's offense. Number nine, we've got to find a way to re-energize Lambeau Field. It has to be more than a couple Packer players coming up on the Jumbotron and doing this. I don't know if you need a host like you have with the Milwaukee Bucks and a lot of other stadiums throughout the league, you have a, like a you know a host in the stadium that gets everyone set up. I love Bill Jarts, but he can only do so much while he's you know doing his play-by-play uh, in the stadium. Again, the video boards are fine, but it's not enough. You've got to figure out a way to energize that crowd, and part of it is the play on the field. But this is a this is a Lambeau Field right now. The, the the best way I can describe the energy at Lambeau Field over the last 10 years or so, really since the last Super Bowl, has been you have a fan base whose butts are clenched through the entirety of the game. Because this team, this fan base wants to see this team take off and be insanely successful. But the expectations are so high. The expectations are Super Bowl every year. So like anytime anything kind of goes bad... And because things have gone bad at the end of the season in every way they can possibly go bad over the last, you know, since they won the Super Bowl, basically, you end up with like this crowd that is constantly just anxious and nervous of like, what's going to go wrong next at the end of this thing. So anytime something does go wrong, it's like, oh, here we go again. That is the feel at Lambeau Field. It's this anxiety. It's this like, it's just, and they've got to find a way to overcome that, to make it a fun atmosphere, no matter what's going on, even when something negative has happened, that that crowd is still having fun, that they're energized, that they're probably a little bit buzzed, all of it, but in all the right ways, right? So however you do that, whether it's getting little Wayne to do a little bit more or I don't care what you do, there's got to be a way to make that atmosphere. And they've done things right. They've done some of the stuff in the jumbotron. The lights are flickering when touchdowns are scored. They've got the, the entrance is a little bit different. They're doing some really good things, but they've just got to find a way to take it to the next level because 80,000 fans at Lambeau Field should be intimidating to every other team. And instead it almost feels intimidating to the home team because it almost feels like this angst and anxiousness of like, what's going to go wrong next. And like I said, this butt clenched anxiety, and that can't happen anymore. It's gotta be a fun, loose, excited, you're coming into our house and we're gonna kick your butt atmosphere, and you gotta find a way to get that back. Number 10, Green Bay's gotta get back to the fundamentals. I know people were sick of Mike McCarthy going, when things went wrong, we gotta get back to the fundamentals, we gotta get back to the fundamentals, we gotta get, listen, blocking and tackling win football games. Football is not a extremely difficult sport to understand. Block well, tackle well, win the line of scrimmage, you're going to win more often than not. Having good quarterbacks matter. Having playmakers matter. If you can't block, if you can't tackle, it's going to be a rough day, right? And this is a team that didn't block at the level that was expected, didn't tackle at the level that was expected, and didn't do the things necessary to win those games against the Detroit Lions and those games that you absolutely had to have, the Jets game, the Giants game. Little mistakes here and there. Or what were the difference? And you go back and I know the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, but you see the attention to detail that Philadelphia played with. And then like the lackadaisical fundamentals from Green Bay and it was a night and day difference. And there's no surprise that Philly beat Green Bay and Philly ended up being the team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and had a chance to win it because the the attention to detail and the fundamentals was a night and day difference. Green Bay has to find a way to get that back and focus on the little things again, if they want to be a big time player this upcoming season. Number 11, goes with number 10, they have to reevaluate practice intensity and preseason schedule. You can't just give up week one anymore. You're not a good enough team. You can't just be like, well, we're going to rest all of our guys to preseason and we're going to kind of coast up until we get to week one. And then maybe we'll drop week one, but we'll still win 13 games. Anyway, you lost this past season in the regular season by a game, a game that you once again, basically gave up in week one because you weren't ready to play for like the third fourth consecutive year whatever it was. Like that's not good enough. You ha- I know you want to avoid injuries and I agree overall with the philosophy, I understand it. You've got to figure out a way to up the intensity to get your team ready to play with those fundamentals from week 1 and moving forward because you're not you're not just guaranteed a playoff spot anymore. In fact, you didn't make the playoffs last year. So you've got to get back to that and you've got to find a way to up the intensity and uh, you know, make it so that your preseason schedule gets you ready to go in week 1. And last but not least, number 12, we're going to find our identity. We are going to find our foundation. We are going to find our specialty. This is a team that lacked an identity. And I've talked about this before, but this is a team that's lacked its identity in 2023 or in 2022, excuse me. You have to find your thing that you do great on offense. You have to do, find your thing that you do great on defense and special teams, I think, is getting there. I think they're really focusing overall on the little things that make it important to win on special teams. I think they're on the right direction there. But on offense, what's your thing? What is it that Green Bay did well last year on offense? I, and I think if you had to pick something, right, what they were trying to do offensively is they were trying to be a team that found whatever the weakness was on the opposing defense and then attacked that. In theory, that sounds cute, it sounds nice, it sounds like it could be a philosophy. But you have to have the thing that you do extremely well that that other defense comes to town and is racking their brain and trying to figure out, oh, how are we going to stop Green Bay from doing that? They are so good at that one thing that we are scared to death on how to stop it. And whether that's the zone, you know, the zone running game, whether that is a power running game, whether that is you know, your, your wide receiver screen game, whether that, what is the bread and butter of your offense? What is the foundation, the fundamental, the thing that you do better than anyone? What is that thing? We need to find that on offense and on defense. Same thing. You weren't a ball hawking defense. You weren't a physical defense. You weren't a violent defense. You weren't a blitzing defense. You weren't a sound tackling defense. Like what is your thing? What is it that you do? You got to find that you're not, a, like I said, whether that's playmaking and maybe a little bit more risk reward. Okay. But then you better find a way to get turnovers. Is it that we want to be a bend, but don't break defense, which is what they've tried to be, but not successful at it. Okay. That's fine. But then you can't break. You can get, you can bend, but you can't break and you broke a lot. So you've got to find your balance. you got to find your thing. you got to harness your specialty and make it so that you are punishing other teams with what you do better than anyone else. Because if not, if you don't have that thing, if you don't have the thing that you can lean on, on offense, it's third and eight, and you have this that you are going to be able to go to because you have a foundation in your offense. When everything else breaks down, we know that we can do this one thing. We know that we can do this on defense. We know that this is going to be our identity on offense. And Just trying to attack whatever the opposing team's weaknesses on offense and just trying to play bend, but don't break on defense is not good enough, especially the way that your current team is set up. So you need to find something that you do incredibly well because on offense and in defense in 2022, you didn't have either of those things. So that is the final thing that we've got to work on. So we're going to load up on offense in the draft, hire Jim Leonard as a consultant, bring back Mercedes Lewis, keep Keyshawn Nixon, sign Jimmy Ward make Josh Myers earn his job, change your defensive philosophy, have a Matt LaFleur takeover on offense, re-energize Lambeau, get back to the fundamentals, reevaluate practice intensity and preseason schedule, and find your identity slash your specialty. That's it. That's my plan. And it might not be the sexiest thing in the world. You might you're gonna see a lot of other, you know, maybe podcasts or whatever just be like, trade for De- you know DeAndre Hopkins or like do something. Yeah, I mean, all that sounds good, right? It's it it sounds flashy, it sounds sexy, and there's a piece to that where, yeah, if you add great players, that's gonna help your team, right? But The truth of the matter is that it is normally uh, a a game of, of playmakers and usually young, explosive players. And you've got to find a way to get younger and more explosive on offense. You've got to find a way to find your identity on defense. And a lot of times this is a game that comes down to fundamentals and fundamentals, tackling, blocking, not sexy. As Daniel Jeremiah recently was talking about, like how every team is... Like every fan is frustrated that their team can't block up front during the season. It's like, oh, we can't block anyone. We can't run the ball. We can't throw the ball. We can't do anything. Our offensive line sucks. And then Daniel Jeremiah will mock an offensive lineman to them in the first round. And everyone's like, why are you mocking an offensive lineman to us? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would we do that in the first round? We need a a new weapon. It's like, no, you need an offensive lineman. That's what's going to be your force multiplier. That's going to make all your current weapons and quarterbacks and running backs better, right? so i know some of the time that that stuff isn't the most fun stuff to talk about but in my opinion that is the best way to win football games is with the fundamentals is with having a sound philosophy on offense and defense and getting some young playmakers along the way certainly can help as well that's going to do it for me today uh you can let me know below if you are on board with team andy for president gm offensive coordinator defensive coordinator chef etc or if you're already ready to hashtag fire andy neither would surprise me. I'm sure uh, most of you are very happy that I'm not the GM. Me too. I get it. But this is fun to talk about anyway, and I'm hoping we can see some of this stuff implemented in 2023. Thanks for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go.
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.